Hey there, I'm Mangesh Atikadur, co-host of Part-Time Genius, one of the founders of Mental Floss, and this is Humans Growing Stuff, a collaboration from iHeartRadio and your friends at Miracle Grow. Our goal is to make this the most human show about plants that you'll ever listen to. And along the way, we'll be sharing inspiring stories, tips and tricks to nurture your plant addiction, and just enough science to make you sound like an expert. We are on summer break right now, but the truth is my producer Molly and I can't stop our own plant addiction. So we are bringing you some sunny mini episodes to enjoy before we return with a full season. Throughout the summer, we'll be dropping incredible stories from growers, fun advice we get from experts, and we'll even be bringing you along on our field trips as we visit rooftop gardens and plant nurseries and community gardens. And we're even going to interview some of the sheep roaming around Governor's Island, which I am so excited for. But in today's bonus episode, we are celebrating Pride with a special interview with Jane Henson. Jane is the founder of Transgenerational Farm in the Hudson Valley in New York, and she's made it her mission there to connect LGBTQ folks to food and agriculture and to carve out a space in rural communities. I wanted to learn more about Jane's journey from watching soybeans grow in rural Kansas to finding comfort in New York City, to starting a farm in the Northeast for people often ostracized from farming and agriculture and to create access to healthy organic produce for those who are food insecure. So I gave Jane a call. Hey Jane, are you there? Hi, yeah, I'm here. It's so nice to be chatting with you. I feel like we've been reading up on what you're doing, and, and it's just exciting to have you on this program. Oh, great. Uh, yeah, I'm happy to be here. I'm a big fan of the show. <laughs> well, one of the things I wanted to start by asking was, I know that you grew up in rural Kansas and I think did some work on a family farm, and we were wondering, what are your earliest memories or moments that you enjoyed growing or caring for plants? Uh, yeah, so... My my family is an agriculture family. My grandparents um, had a big uh, conventional farm back in Kansas. Uh, and I remember when I was helping out on the farm, I, I didn't really start helping out there until I was about uh, a sophomore in college. Mm -hmm. um, and just kind of like after, you know, planting a field of like soybeans, and then a rain would come and you look out and what once was just like dirt was now suddenly all these like perfect rows of green little babies like coming up out of the soil. I, I think was the first time that that something like that really started to feel really magical. You know, it's like just, you know, that that kind of instant transformation um, and then just watching watching those things mature and grow. So I know there was a period where you kind of stepped away from mm -hmm. farming and then it seems like you got pulled back into it. So what is it that drew you back to, to the land? So I, I left farming. Um, I'm, a, I'm a transgender woman. And, and after I transitioned, um, you know, farming and rural life, it, it just really didn't feel like the kind of thing that a person like me had any kind of future in. And, um, so I, I left Kansas for New York city, um, and I started working in various nonprofits and different social justice issues. 
um, which was something I had kind of gotten started with in college doing different activism around HIV um, work and, and health access. And so I started um, started doing that and then kind of moved to, around to different nonprofits working in HIV work and then working in um, with homeless LGBT youth. And then I started working with uh, an organization called God's Love We Deliver. And they deliver, yeah, um, yeah so they deliver uh, fresh or they deliver frozen meals to clients living with HIV and AIDS. And one of their programs that they have is called Food is Medicine. And I remember... Um, you know, just thinking about that and thinking about how access to food is is so important for so many so many people um, in terms of just living healthy lives. And I was also just really kind of starting to, um, you know, be very discontent in the city and really starting to realize that um, I'm not a city girl. And mm. and so and I had gotten. I'd also worked for Grow NYC for a while doing their fresh food box food box program, which is a food access program. Um, and that really kind of that kind of seemed like a nexus of all of these different activist projects that I was involved in and, and really realizing that something that connected all of these was access to fresh, healthy food. And so you were at Grow NYC. When did you decide to start your farm, Transgenerational Farm? Yeah, so, okay, I was at Grow NYC, and um, that's when kind of this this passion for wanting to get back into agriculture, um, move out of the city, and, and start growing again really happened. And I did the Farm Beginnings program through Grow NYC, which is like a farm business planning uh, program. And then, um, mm -hmm. you know, but I was, it seemed like an impossible question, right? Because I was like, well, how do I go from being, you know, paycheck to paycheck, renting in the city to somehow having access to land and knowledge and all this stuff and start a farm? Like, how do I do that? Like, I don't, it, you know, it yeah. seemed. How do you right, do right. that? <laughs> so uh, I started like looking around and looking at different internships or, things like that. And what I found, I found this program called the Hudson Valley Farm Hub. And at the time they were doing a program called the Pro Farmer Training Program. They were offering, it was kind of like a work study program. So I would work on their, they have a 30 acre vegetable farm. Um, and so we would go, we would work on the farm, but there was also a very large education component to it where we would learn about different organic, sustainable, biodynamic, um, regenerative farming practices. So I did that program. And in my third year there, um, I started my own farm business with the support of the farm hub. I found some local folks who uh, had some land that they were, at first it kind of started as maybe like a, um, a mentorship or, or partnership thing on land with them. And, and then they were like, well, what if, like, how would you feel about just starting a farm here? And I was like, <laughs> okay, like, sure. Um, <laughs> I guess I'll do that. So I love that story in the beginning that you were talking about, the, um, you know, seeing this field of soybean so, sort of slowly blooming or, or, or coming up. And, and um, I'm curious, what, what's the most satisfying thing for you about growing now? Now it's, um, it's, 
so every time I go to market, I put out a sample tray of my cherry tomatoes. Um, mm-hmm. And they basically sell themselves at that point. And just seeing someone pick up a cherry tomato, put it in their mouth, and just seeing their eyes lighten up um, and and just that expression of total, like, awe at that flavor and just that total, like, enjoyment from that food. Um, that, to me, is the real... That's where the real magic happens is when the things that you grow turn themselves into nourishment for people in the community. Um, and I've, I've had, you know, CSA customers send me pictures of, you know, like the sandwich that they're making that has my greens on it. And they're like, I had such a bad day, <laughs> but these greens are so good. And, and that's, that's the total reward right there. Um, and that to me, that's, that's the whole reason why I started doing this is because I wanted to grow food for people. Yeah, that delight of of someone actually tasting a tomato in the right way, right? Like that that it's so joyous and and I guess secretly nutritional. So let's talk about the mission of transgenerational farm and and why it's so important in today's world. Yeah, so the mission of the farm, well the farm has a lot of missions. Um <laughs> but uh, one of the main kind of like driving uh, things behind the farm is is really this idea of connecting LGBTQ folks to uh, land, to rural space, to agriculture, and to food. Um, and I think that that's just so important because I think a lot of people have stories very similar to mine, where you know a lot of folks started in a small rural town, um, come out, feel that that place is just either unsafe or somewhere where they don't have a future or they just don't see themselves reflected um, in the area and in the culture and Mm. just feeling like it's not a place for them. And I I know that's certainly how I felt. And that led me, you know, you know, to, to leave, to leave rural life, to leave Kansas. And I think that it's not only a detriment to those of us who feel like we have to leave, but I also feel like it's a detriment to those communities Um, so the farm really, you know, I have this, this idea of really making it a place for, for LGBTQ folks. Um, you know, we do things like our garlic planting party. I really want to, um, have plans to do more community centered events and farming immersions and also just having it known that it's a place that exists for them and, um, yeah, and to pass on that knowledge, to pass on, you know, those nourishing vibes and food to to folks who often feel excluded um, by just rural life and agriculture in general. So, Jane, one of the things we think about is like, you know, you're growing on so much space and 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 multiple acres. But what is one of the reasons that someone should start growing in their own backyard? I think that that growing food for yourself, um, it just creates this whole new thankfulness and gratitude for the earth, for the things around you and for yourself. Um, It really truly feels like magic when you put a seed in the ground and, you know, watch it grow and then have it become a meal and something that can sustain you. Uh, I get so much enjoyment out of being able to you know, take my focus from the larger macro view of all the things that are 
flying at me all the time and just focus, you know, like when I'm pruning tomatoes or I'm pruning cucumbers and just focus on this one plant and looking at like, what are the parts of it? What am I trying to, you know, what am I trying to foster in this plant and how am I going to do that? And, um, when you do that and you, you kind of like sit with that and you do that over and over and work towards it and you see that work, uh, it's, it's reflected right in front of you, right? Like you can see that plant flourish. You can see that plant grow, you can reap the benefits of it. And it's just a great way of having a very tangible experience with, you know, the earth that we're on. And it just brings home all of these, um, all these ideas about how like the earth is the, it's the thing that sustains us, right? Like all of our food comes from the earth. And it, when you become a direct link in that, it opens up just a whole new world of just like connection and gratitude. So what is your vision for the future of, you know, not just agriculture, but more growing and gardening culture? Yeah. Um, I think, I think my vision for, for agriculture and growing culture is for people to be aware that, um, you know, diverse people exist in these spaces and not just that we exist in these spaces, but there were that we're important in these spaces. And I'm really I'm really invested in this idea of like what can trans people, queer people and like cisgender people share with one another. Right. Like what are the things that we can learn from each other um, and and really embracing that and opening up to that and realizing that it's important. Um, I would love to just see more LGBT folks in farming. Um, I would love for, you know, like keynote speakers to know that it's not okay to make trans jokes <laughs> during, uh, their address at, at farming conferences. Um, mm. I think just like a, a more diverse, uh, just more diverse, like representation in in who's growing and and what we're doing and acknowledgement that it's not just about seeing different people but that it's important right like diversity is important diversity breeds sustainability um and that the more diverse we can make agriculture and gardening culture the more relevant it will be across time and space and the more longevity it will have yeah well what you're doing really is so important and uh and thank you for, for sharing all of that and for being on this program with us. I really appreciate it. Yeah, thank you. Thank you so much. I want to thank Jane Henson again for sharing her story with us. To learn more about Transgenerational Farm and its CSA, visit transgenerational-farm.com. That's transgenerational-farm.com. You can also follow the farm on Instagram for more updates at Transgenerational Farm. That's it for today's bonus episode, but check here soon for more bonus episodes this summer. And don't forget, no matter what season it is or where you're at in your gardening journey, there are some incredible resources waiting for you on the miracle Grow website. Humans Growing Stuff is a collaboration from iHeartRadio and your friends at miracle Grow. Our show is written and produced by Molly Sosha and me, Mangesh Hatikadar. Thank you so much for listening. 